This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And oh boy, the uh, the week of awesome that I was planning got off to a rough start. Uh, I was planning on posting a bunch of episodes uh, between January 7th of 2019 uh, and January 11th of 2019 uh, to A, partially help catch up on... Uh, episodes that we missed on posting at the end of 2018 and also to help promote the festival coming up on January 27th um, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You can go to festival.awesomepodcast.com for more details on that or bit.ly slash headstrongfest, bit.ly slash headstrongfest to help donate uh, to our $500 goal for the Headstrong Foundation, which is an organization, which is an organization that helps families affected by cancer by offering financial uh residential and emotional support uh and they mean mean a great great deal but anyway um yeah we were i was trying to post uh, an episode or two uh every day um of this week uh and and it was going to be because uh, we had a lot of episodes that were a mix of featuring a guest and some that were a little bit more um special oriented uh that we're just more whimsical than anything else. Um, and we missed out on posting some days this week, specifically on the 8th and 9th, um, and maybe even the 10th, depending on how today rolls. But on the 8th, my daughter was sick, uh, and I stayed home, uh, worked remotely to help her do uh you know just so that she could stay home and so she could sleep and relax and whatnot and we had to go to the doctors and stuff and i also had to do my normal day-to-day job uh so it, things were uh running much slower than i wanted to i didn't get a chance to look at any of the stuff that i had to edit and whatnot so here we are uh we're still in a good position to get some episodes out there to you um, i'm hoping that today you're going to listen to this one obviously uh which is my conversation uh with uh with joe um, mr night owl himself uh he he uh, is an artist um who i think now is in arizona uh but uh he or, or was it arizona uh, we mentioned it in the beginning of the show where he's moving to uh, but he was out in Philadelphia uh, for a while, and um, in this conversation, we sit down and we chat about his art, obviously, uh, but we also 
uh, talk about the Eagles and and this was like right uh, at the start of the season. So this is this we actually recorded this interview back in September. So start of the football season. Uh, it was also right when all the shows for the CW were starting. So we talk a lot about that. We get into shipping uh, and how that could be toxic in in uh, the fandom of all these different shows and whatnot. We also talk. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, we talk the DC uh, Extended Universe. Uh, I, I kid you not, there's a quote. Uh, I won't tell you from who, but I'm sure you can guess who. Uh, that in, in this episode, you'll hear this, this word-for-word quote. Man of Steel is a modern-day masterpiece. Uh, that is a quote from this episode. I think if you guys know me, you know who said this. Um, and then we also discuss the problems with the DCEU and go into many, many more things. So, please uh, take away from this intro a couple things. Check out uh, Night Owl Joe. Uh, all his stuff will be in the show notes uh, because I am a, a bad producer and didn't pre-look up his plugs. But check out um, him on Twitter and uh, and whatnot. Um, you can also check out the Everything Is Awesome. Headstrong Comedy Festival, January 27th from 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. across four different venues. Tattooed Mom, uh, South Street Cinema, and Milk Boy on South Street. All three of those venues are on South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And our fourth venue, Thirsty Dice, is at 17th and Fairmont. Only a 15-minute Uber away or Lyft, you know, whoever you want to use. Um, and all four venues are featuring over uh, it's 24 podcasts and over 20 comedians and improvisers getting together to share their craft in our goal of raising some money for the Headstrong Foundation. Our goal is $500. At the time of this recording, we're sitting at, I think, $229, 45% of our goal. I would love to hit 50% by January 16th. Um, that's my son's birthday. That's the only kind of reason why I picked that. It also happens to be like kind of the halfway mark in between when we started um, the fundraiser and when our festival is. So uh, I would love to hit 50%, which is only a couple more bucks by then. Uh, and all, my ultimate goal is to be fully uh, raised of $500 by the time the festival starts. That way, anything else we raise at the festival is extreme gravy. It's just doing more to even help the Headstrong Foundation. So check out more information about the festival at festival.awesomepodcast.com. And of course, if you cannot make it to Philadelphia uh, or to any of our venues, uh, you can also donate today uh, by going to bit.ly slash headstrongfest bit.ly slash headstrongfest you'll hear from me on the other end of this uh awesome awesome episode right here with mr night owl joe himself on awesomepodcast.com and of course that entertains.com slash network someone i don't even know if it was someone that followed like a, a mutual friend of ours on twitter uh if someone just randomly the way the twitter feed works now it's like <laughs> if you like something you that's the same as retweeting it almost because yeah. I, it advertises it. So I, it, the, the, uh, Captain Marvel is what, <laughs> uh, brought this interview together. And, uh, it was, I, I don't know. Cause it's, I live in the, I guess kind of the same world that I guess you, I'm going to assume live in, yeah. in the sense of like, who cares? <laughs> like there's two different Captain Marvels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's exactly how I feel, honestly. Like it's, it's, um, I don't know if it's, it, see, I have this, I, uh, are you, so 
is your am I reading your Twitter correct? You're in the Philly area as well. Yes, I am. Okay, cool. So uh, for those listening, I mean, you have to know by now that I'm in the Philly area with all the Eagles talk we've done in the past and uh, all the live shows that we do. Uh, yeah. But, um, so it's, we're, we're, A, we're recording this at like almost one o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think there was another point I was trying to make about us both being from Philly. Uh, but it, I think the most important point is that uh, we're still defending champions uh, in the football world. And, uh, and it's uh, almost 1 a.m. <laughs> Do you, uh, <laughs> now, are you, uh, it's weird because I usually have a mixed, when I talk to people, uh, who are into the same things of like the, the geek culture that I am. It's very hit or miss when it comes to football. I'm like, Hey, let's talk about the Eagles. And they're like, yeah, are you, do you, do you follow the birds? I don't, but uh, when they, when they win, I take notice, you know, there's, there's a sense of pride. It's like, you know, that's, that's the team where mm-hmm. you know, I live. So uh, whenever, whenever somebody sits down to chat about it, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm proud. You know, that's, that's the Eagles. And that's how I am with um, I definitely basketball. Cause I could, I could, care less about basketball um but and and same thing like hockey i like i i actually enjoy it's just i don't i know nothing about it because it's it's something i like i got into in the last like decade uh and then baseball i mean who doesn't know baseball like that's i feel like you're you're born knowing how to play baseball (laughs) maybe not how to play well but you you know the rules like it's hard to mess that up oh yeah uh but yeah no it's it's uh yeah it's now, are you in the city proper or are you, do you live you, without giving the exact location? Like, are, are you more of a burbs person? Uh, no, I, I live in the city. Okay. Proper. Yeah. I'm actually in uh, Bucks County. So I'm, uh, okay. I'm about yeah. 40 minutes Northeast of, of like center city and stuff. Um, but it's, it's, and I, so I, I think I don't get to go down to the city very often, uh, save for when I do a live show, uh, or if I go like, I mean, I'll uh-huh. be down there this weekend for, uh, Comic-Con Keystone Comic-Con. Are you, so uh, as a, nice. uh, artist, are, are you going to be at Keystone Comic-Con? Uh, I wish, <laughs> but, um, unfortunately that the sad fact of the matter is I'm only going to be in Philly for the next two months. Oh, okay. After that, I'm actually moving to the Midwest. Oh, so are you originally from Philly? Uh, I my mom's originally from Philly. Okay, but I am not. I was born in Nebraska, of all places. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, uh, wow. So what? So what made you come back to Philly? <laughs> family, family oh, reasons. Okay. Um, all my mom's extended family's out here. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's been pretty cool. And what's is is uh, work or or is it also family sending you back out to Midwest? family (laughs) my dad's side of the family okay um things happen you know uh, last year was a year filled with tragedy for us personally and uh finances and all this terrible stuff uh so this is a big reset for us personally okay you know big second chance well uh, first of all best of luck to that but uh but you know being so you how long have you been back in philly um, uh, it's a few years now. Okay. Actually. So you, so, so you were here pre Super Bowl win, uh, and, and obviously yes. post, uh, so, <laughs> so since I'm not in the city proper, like I kind of still know, like even in the suburbs, um, I, you know, I, I, the greater Philadelphia area, if you're an Eagles fan, I, I feel like it's, you know, it, you have that, that same sensibility almost no matter where you're at. So I think I kind of yeah. know, um, how, how I was in the city. 
but prior to the city, <laughs> I feel like there was like, um, you know, just general, like, I guess every kind of city, Philadelphia, you know, just uh, like lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like lack of like person. I don't know. Like people weren't real friendly with one another. Uh, right. Like not actively hating on each other, but like if you walked past somebody and they were wearing an Eagles hat, it was kind of you looked down in shame. Uh, but since the, I feel like <laughs> since the Super Bowl win, we're still riding that high, and and it's still like everyone's super friendly with one another. Like it's it's I think it changed the city. I, I you know I'd go with that honestly. Like I've been I haven't seen it myself like these specific incidents, but like I know that uh, a bunch of people closed off this one area, this street actually, and they had uh, a replay of the Super Bowl playing on uh, one of the billboards. That's amazing. Like, somebody projected. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I was reading all this stuff and I was like, wow. And I, and as I'm assuming you didn't watch the game on Thursday night. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, I, what I think is one of the most Philly things ever, and and I don't, I still don't think it's changed, especially since we we came out the win. But right. I, I still think we still have that sense of we're the champions, kind of, and we, and like it doesn't like even if we don't win the championship this year, like we can still say like we got one, like it still I think brings us together. But the oh, most yeah. Philly thing ever, and and then we'll move on to you and art and and more geeky stuff, I promise. But <laughs> was uh, what. what is I mean I I guess it's actually like a, probably more than an hour like probably more of like an hour or so of game time but of after two quarters of football uh, the Philadelphia fans booing the Philadelphia Eagles off the field is there's nothing more Philly than that and I, and like, that made me like, I smiled like okay I love this respect like this not respect this disrespect that Philadelphia fans have and I'm all, at the same time I'm like come on guys like we're still the Super Bowl champions. We can't be billing our team 30 minutes after, like 30 yeah. minutes of game time after we won the Super Bowl. Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so, um, what guy? So, so I don't. I, I'm just assuming you're an artist. Do you do that for fun, or is, is that still like a passion of yours that you're trying to create into something uh, as a profession? Or is it a profession? Uh, both, both actually. It's it's definitely something I'm trying to, but um, I I've never like put my full weight behind it because it was never something that I felt like I should make into a career. Um, it's it was always more of a hobby, like a way for me to you know, just unwind. Um, but people are like, you're so good, and I've made money off of it. So I'm like, you know what? I'd rather do this than the nine to five grind. If I can make a ton of money off of this, you know, why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, and and I I think me like looking into like once I saw so so the piece that that brought this interview together, I guess we alluded to like the Captain Marvel right. is is um uh, you you ran across some toxic fandom about like the Marvel. Captain Marvel versus DC's Captain Marvel, which is just saying. If, if I could take this moment uh, really quick, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. the guy I was actually quoting was making a joke about the same thing. And okay. I kind of pointed it out like he was one of the, the bad guys and that backfired in a big way. Uh, so I'd like to go on record and say that Q Reviews is not a toxic guy, but him and I both okay. agree that there are tons of toxic people out there about this. You know, it's crazy. 
Yeah, and and we, I mean, we can go on on toxic fandom uh, for the major. I mean, for a majority of the show, if we wanted to, um, and it's it's weird because I, I I guess fandom has always been around. Even I'm uh, in my I'm 34, okay. so uh, I don't know where that puts us in, in in if like what is how old are you if you don't mind me asking? I'm, I'm 24. 24. So we're almost probably a generation apart, like, yeah. or, or I guess most people would say we're both millennials, but I, I, I do not feel like a millennial, no offense to, to millennials out there, but, um, I, I would say we're almost a generation apart with that 10 year gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when I like coming up as a kid, uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, there, to me, it didn't feel like there was much fandoms around because it was all close knit, uh-huh. really tight, really close knit. And you didn't have a way to find more people because the yeah. internet was just kind of coming up in the nineties. And, you know, like it, it today, and, and you probably, you probably feel more of, of the lack of that geekdom, I guess, in high school, like I did, because I right. feel like today's kids don't feel that at much, right. but like, like I, I don't know how it was for you in high school, but like if I, if people found out I watched wrestling or if I liked like comic books or anything, like oh, it God, was yeah. it was not good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I didn't really participate in any kind of online fan culture until about two thousand eight. But you got to think, kids born in two thousand are now eighteen years old. You know. So yeah. high schoolers nowadays, they've grown up with fucking Twitter and Tumblr and stuff. Yeah. Like me, we didn't even have internet in my house till I was like 14, you know? So <laughs> like it, like when I was in uh, grade school going into junior high, I was, I was still watching Power Rangers, honestly. And uh, if anybody yeah. found out, they gave me so much shit for it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Nowadays, there was a you know, weird, crazy. <laughs> There was a yeah, there was a weird window for for me when when Power Rangers was acceptable, uh-huh. um, for, like to everybody, like the like the like, and this is like always my equation is like for for me and, and like I said for I think your generation as well, like there's uh, and I'm probably using the term generation wrong, but for your age group, my age group, like it was it was not good to like that kind of stuff but like yeah. today's kids they can have a commercial on tv that shows a kid asking a girl out on a date with an r2d2 unit <laughs> asking like, like like that's not something that was happened when when we were teenage when i was a teenager nope. at least so like it's it's geek culture is way more accepted wrestling i think is way more accepted now oh, yeah. uh like ev- everything is more accepted and, and i think the internet has something to, to do with that but like i never really like got the whole fandom thing because i never really felt like i was part of one which i guess i i've always have been like you know yeah i love star wars and yeah i love or at least i at one point loved wrestling and so i guess i was it was just much smaller scale so there was no toxicity to it um but it is like i I, my my first experience with like toxic fandom um was uh are you familiar with the show once upon a wine yes okay like that fandom is crazy like it's in sometimes in a good way sometimes in a bad way oh yeah um it's and it's it's like i'm not a a shipper like i don't like that, <laughs> that thing like that terminology like when everyone's like what's who's your favorite ship i'm like i i don't do that guys <laughs> like i just i watch the show to watch the show. i really like the like the the flash is one of my favorite shows like oh yes probably 
top three show for me. Um, and that was the first show that I was like, oh man, I like, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't want Barry and, uh, and Iris to get together. I want Barry and Caitlin to get together. Like, that's the first show I was like, I have a ship. Like I yeah. finally am there. I was, I was in the, I was in that same boat to be honest. I, I was really fighting Barry and Caitlin to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, what, what was that? Were there, they were Snowberry. I think. I, I think so. I don't think I ever bothered to look up the term, but yeah, there was always oh, this, this weird moment where I was like, oh my God, I have a ship, don't I? I guess I do. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and like, I haven't seen it so much with Flash. I, you know, who I, I see similar, not, not as bad, but similar toxicity with, with Supergirl uh -huh. um, when it comes to, and I think it all boils down to uh, the shipping is when I, when I say this in, in TV terms, at least when it comes uh -huh. to TV fandoms, it seems like at least what I've experienced, it comes down to like shipping. And when you, when you break that down into uh like a straight couple or uh a homosexual couple uh right. like th those two factions can't get along at all and I, it blows my mind that like listen like what they're obviously like tv isn't necessarily where it should be as far as like representing uh -huh. people uh, <laughs> of, of every yeah so so obviously you're gonna see more heterosexual relationships and like no one ever like there was there was the war between the swan queens and the uh uh the uh, captain swan or what, whatever it was yeah. uh, <laughs> once upon a line or once upon a time rather and um it, it like one of my friends who who lives out west who who's an actor and they did a pair like they they did a parody of once upon a time and like they're like they were kind of known in the fandom and whatnot he made a joke about about the like the the, the team swan or whatever and team team uh captain swan uh swan queen and, and captain swan and uh and i retweeted it and said something and like it, it like i got attacked oh, on the God. internet <laughs> I, I was probably like 31 or 32 at the time. I'm like, I'm going to get attacked in my 30s for what I assume is a bunch of 20 year olds about like, because they think I hate a lesbian couple. And I'm like, guys, it was a joke. Maybe it was a poorly tasted joke, but like, I wasn't even like derogatory or any, like, it was just like oh, me saying I was more pro Captain Swan. So yeah. it's, it's that kind of stuff that like, I think you see it's I think at the end of the day, I say more fun than anything, but I'm sure the people that are like that are uh, that, that identify as queer uh, probably don't take it as fun. And, and and maybe that's probably the way I should look at it and not because oh, because yeah. I'm just a, a cis white dude. So yeah, like I, 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 I can't come from the like the angles that they come from. So I. I can I can now I guess two years removed from it understand why they got so mad, um, but it still blows my mind that there's like, like they like the team A has to bash team B and vice versa. Like there's like there's just no respect like think, <laughs> between I the two fan, like things. The absolute flashpoint for it and, and for the piece that I drew was the Marvel versus DC debate. Like, it's mm -hmm. happened with comics, it's happened with animation, with TV shows, and now it's happening with their universes. And I don't get yeah. it. Like, growing up, my dad was really into comics, and, uh, he, you know, he got me into comics, obviously. Like, I had, like, 
I, I didn't even fathom that I had to choose a freaking side. You know, I had Superman yeah, yeah. comics and X-Men comics. It was all comics, you know? And now there's mm-hmm. people out here drawing lines in the sand, like MCU fanboys and DCU fanboys. I'm like, guys, it's all comic book movies. Let's just yeah. enjoy yeah. all of it. You know? And, and, and I don't know. I, I, cause there's really no like face of the DCEU. Uh-huh. Um, so so it's hard to see where like they kind of stand right. but in the marvel side of things like even kevin and i, I always pronounce his last, last name wrong Fi gang we'll say uh but but the other kev uh is yeah. is his um he's he said it's good for business like he's he's going on record saying he wants dc movies to succeed yeah. because a bad comic book movie the the, the movie going audience while there's a lot of comic book nerds who are going and they're going because it's Marvel, uh-huh. they're making billions of dollars because everyday people are going. Yeah. So when, when my mom and dad go see Iron Man, they don't know that he doesn't hang out with Batman at all. So, right. you know, the, so, so if a comic book, a comic book movie uh, does poorly, it, it, it looks it re- bad for the whole industry. Yeah. It reflects on the entire genre of film. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then and then the studios think, oh well, they don't want any more comic book movies, so we should stop throwing money at them. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, and 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 actually, to a degree, I think they should stop throwing money at them anyway. Um, you know, I think you can't with Marvel. I think the way that what Marvel's doing is working; it's successful. Uh-huh. It's a little maybe cookie cutter at times, yeah. um, but. But it's working, and I enjoy everything that they put out. Like, there's yeah. no, I, I can't. The only Marvel movie in in the what's considered MCU canon that I look at that I'm not a big fan of is there's two. There's uh, the the Incredible Hulk, um, and and Thor: Dark World, and I'll still watch them. Like, yeah. I'll watch. Like, I don't watch them as frequently. Like, I, I've seen almost every other movie at least five times. Uh, those ones I've probably only seen two or three times at most. Yeah. But um, other than that, like they they they're usually enjoyable for me. Whereas DCEU, which I I count as um, it's it's weird because a lot of people like go back to Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan's stuff when, when they talk DCEU, and I'm like, guys, I feel like Man of Steel is where like Man of Steel forward is what we're talking about oh, here. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, when, okay, so so um, those movies like. I, I just they're I don't know what it is you know aside from it being I guess too gritty maybe uh, uh, I actually have a really interesting you know uh, stance about this I don't okay. think I, like personally I feel like Man of Steel is kind of a modern day masterpiece but the problem oh my with, God. with every no, <laughs> he, he, hear me out here like think about it okay. Superman's origin has been told so many freaking times over and over and over and over and Zack Snyder made it about something he made it about choice, about the freedom to choose your own future. And he retold Superman's origin story from the ground up and gave him relevance, you know? And Michael Shannon as Zod was absolutely fantastic, you know? Yeah, so... Go ahead. Every other DC movie has had a problem mm-hmm. with their villain. Their villains are boring. Mm-hmm. Even Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, which I really enjoy... 
boring villain suicide squad you know joker should have been the main villain what the heck was with uh you know what's her face like what was that like i don't i don't know justice league its villain was an insult to cgi <laughs> monsters like what is that i don't know what that is like i love the heroes like they're fun to watch but the villains are so such a non-entity in these movies that you know it, it really shows where marvel's succeeding and that's the villains mm. you know uh well it's funny because i think there's a lot of people that would say like the marvel villains are are not great um <laughs> and, and and i i can kind of agree like to me that's like for, for marvel what what makes a marvel movie good is, is it's fun um even even like thor like thor dark world not so much but like the the original thor um is not as fun as thor ragnarok but it's it's still a fun movie like that they feel like a comic book brought to life. They literally take me out of, uh, out of the world for two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't have to think about, especially in, in a post 2016 world, like I don't have to think about like sh- the shit that goes on right now. Right. Um, uh, but I, I want to say like, there's many villains that I look back at when it comes to the MCU. Um, especially at this point after 19 movies or mm-hmm. 20 movies or whatever it is, yeah. like there's only, um, a handful of villains that stand out and, and some of them come from the, like the, the Netflix world, like yeah. Kilgrave to me is, is one of the best villains Marvel has had. And, oh, and yeah. it's a, it's a shame that it's on, on Netflix and, and not obviously a lot of people saw, but not as many people that go to the MCU movies. Definitely. And I actually agree. I mean, Marvel's getting by with a lot of their like second tier villains. It's, it's a baseline, you know, quality that's passable. Like the guardians of the galaxy villain. I, I, forget his name he was he was okay yeah. you know but they have personality like even if they're not fantastic villains they have personality i don't yes. feel like yes. any of the dc villains apart from zod even have that like they're placeholders you know and i and i will say like when it comes to man of steel calling it a, a modern day masterpiece is really and i'm not a film guy <laughs> but that's really hard for me to swallow um and, and i whenever i i bring up this argument a lot of people say, well, you just, you, you're afraid of change. And I'm like, nah, like I literally, you can change. Like there's been a lot of change when it comes to Marvel movies and I'm right. okay with everything they've done. Yeah. Um, but to me, like uh, what makes Superman Superman is, is how he was raised. Like right. p- part of what makes Superman him is, is his, is his parents specifically pocket. Uh-huh. And, and that whole relationship did not, like that new origin point for, for that relationship, I don't think translated well for me, at least Um, this, like the Superman that, that I would have seen, I would have preferred wouldn't have snapped his odds neck. Um, Spoiler alert. Um, You know, there's just a lot about that Superman that I'm not a huge fan of. That doesn't take away from the fact that I do agree that there was some great performances and I don't fall like Cavill, I think he's an, I think he's actually a good Superman. Um, you know, I prefer, I have other people that I prefer as Superman, but he's, he's not bad. Uh, and I would like to see him given uh, a sequel to man of steel with, with something that falls more in line with more of the boy scout that, that we kind of all know. I think Superman, while there's a lot of heroes, you can kind of twist, their character and twist how they work in in, in film uh-huh. superman is the boy scout and and it's it's for him to be anything but that 
uh, is hard, hard pill to swallow. Um, unless you, unless you build to that, like there's like storylines that I think that you like the, like, I think there was a rumor that they were going to do an injustice storyline at some point. And I think, I think that works, but you got to build to that. You got to build to a Superman who's, who's like, and I don't know injustice all that well, but you got to, you got to start with the boy scout and get there in my opinion. So that's why man of steel didn't work. Batman versus Superman. That was a, a film that I should have been running to the theater to see, but the trailers did a poor job selling it. I finally did watch it sick on the couch one day on HBO and I didn't hate it. Um, but I also <laughs> didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and to me, like the best part of that movie was Batfleck. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, um, but uh, I guess the point of this tangent that we're on is that I think DC is fine. I think they found their footing. I think um, uh, I think Wonder Woman was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think where Wonder Woman falls apart is 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 the final battle with the villain, which is yeah. where, where a lot of comic book movies fall apart because um, it's a lot of CGI and stuff. All right. Um, I didn't hate Justice League. Justice I League, I, you know, it wasn't bad or it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, like I think I like Justice League more than Batman v Superman, and there's one guy who's probably going to listen to this who, who'd want to have my neck for that. But uh, I think Justice League is primarily as enjoyable as it is because of the heroes. They're so much fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like an afterthought that oh yeah, hey, there's a bad guy out there somewhere. But uh, can we get more more Flash, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want. Well, okay. So, so two things on Justice League. Uh, I, I would say that it is. Um, I think I don't. I don't know that this is the right way to word it. I think maybe Batman versus Superman had the better story, um, which is hard to hard to say because it because it's very hard story. <laughs> but, but I don't think Justice League had a really good story. That was more of a, like, that felt more like a Marvel movie in the sense of it took me out of the world for a couple of minutes and it felt like a comic book movie. Like, it felt like a, like a comic book brought to life. Um, and that's what I'm looking for, basically, at the right. end of the day. Um, and, and, like, I can't tell you anything about Justice League at all. Like, I saw the movie in theaters. <laughs> I can't tell you anything about it. Um, aside from the fact that, and this is my second point, my, one of my, my only, not my only issue, my big issue, my personal issue with DC is that they they don't combine the worlds of TV with their film universe. And even their TV worlds aren't really meshed together. And I know that's complicated because even Marvel kind of gave up on that. Yeah. But um, when you have a perfectly good Flash and Grant Gustin, uh-huh. it, it, I don't know why you cast anybody else as the Flash, as Barry Allen. And... Zack Snyder's excuse was we're going a different direction, but I don't know about you. I, Ezra Miller did a great job as, as flash, but the flash he portrayed felt very similar to Grant Gustin's flash. No, uh, I think he was a bit more neurotic, you know, uh, Barry yeah. Allen never really had trouble relating to people as, as a person, you know, like he always mm-hmm. like seemed to have a lot of friends, you know, the police force and whatever, and uh, the Ezra Miller Flash just seemed very off. Like he might even be on the spectrum, you know. Like he's very um, weird. I will give you that. Yes, I. You know, now that you say that, I, I, I kind of in hindsight see that. Um, I guess my point was like Zack Snyder made it sound like we're not going in the direction of 
Grant's Flash because that's more comical. That's more comedy. Right. Which there's a lot of drama that Grant does. Like, I mean, yeah. that, that show was, brings me to tears on a regular basis. Same. Um, but uh, it was comedy. Like, like yeah. Ezra's, Ezra Miller's Flash was all comedy based. Like, I, felt, if, I, I feel like Grant could have done it. And and I don't know that you would have lost anything if you if you lost that on the spectrum feel, you know, yeah, like if you yeah. if you brought in and this is saying that assuming that they're going to bring in Grant Gustin as the Flash that's been established on TV, and I think that I, I think that brings in a whole new like I think it makes your audience bigger because I'll tell you what DC. Your audience isn't that happy with your DC, your movie front. They're real happy with your CW Berlanti verse. Like Berlanti should be DC's Kevin Feige. He should be in charge. Yeah, I can see that. I can I can readily see that. You know, and I think yeah. it's just I think it comes from this 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 standpoint where they're not afraid to play around on TV because the stakes are much lower. You know, there's yeah. always been, you know, capes on TV, even back in like, you know, the 60s and 70s with Captain Marvel, you know, Isis uh, is in the, the comic book character Isis, not the, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the 60s Batman show. So there's there's always been like this lighthearted nature to a lot of the, the TV stuff. They did Arrow and Arrow found its audience really quick. And then they're like, hey, let's do the Flash, because, you know, the Flash also had an audience in the 90s with its show back then. And that mm -hmm. took off, like, you know, immediately. And they found their footing with a lot of the lighter material. And so they're like, let's just do everything we possibly can with these shows. Like, throw everything at the wall and what sticks sticks, you know? And fans have been <laughs> loving it. Yeah. And, and whereas Arrow has gone down in quality, because Arrow, I think, we're, it succeeded in a world where we were expecting Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. We were expecting a darker, mm -hmm. grittier, real world tale uh, on these heroes. And that's, that's why I loved Arrow in the beginning. And then mm -hmm. I think as you introduced Flash, they, they tried to, to intermix some of that light, more lighthearted feeling to, to Arrow. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the current, well, well, I guess the current season hasn't started yet, but I think season six was a, was a strong, like course correction in, in season, what was, was season five, the season everyone hated because, because, uh, uh, Elicity or whatever that ship is called with Oliver and, and Felicity. <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't actually watched Arrow. That's the, the uh, one uh, CW show I haven't started yet. I, I, oh, can, I really? was yeah. I was a late adopter. I came on. No wait, that and Legends of Tomorrow. I watched Supergirl. I watched The Flash. Uh, Arrow is like the the main one. I have seen a lot of Legends of Tomorrow, but I'm not religious on that. Uh, I'm a late adopter. You know, like Arrow came. Oh yeah, Green Arrow. Okay, yeah, whatever. The Flash. Okay, here I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to say I started. So I I started watching Arrow. Um, I, I think it was either. It was it was before Barry Allen debuted, so right. whatever season that was, um, I guess that was season three he debuted, maybe. Uh -huh. um, but I, I I know I I binged season one at least on uh, on Netflix, right? Um, because they announced that they were going to do this TV universe thing, right. and that the Flash was going to debut on Arrow and then spin off into his own show, um, and. So that's the only reason I started watching all this because I was like, there's no way it's going to be good as Smallville. And it's better. It's better than Smallville. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, I was I was like, it's not gonna be that good. It says you can't top Tom Welling. Yeah. And uh, they showed me, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I do. Like, I I I mean, I still watch them all. I don't. I wouldn't even say religiously. Like I usually, I don't watch them live. Mm-hmm. I usually watch them the next day on demand or something. Uh, but. Arrow is the one that like uh, is the first show every year that like falls off. Usually after the the big crossover, mm-hmm. uh, that usually falls off, followed by Legends of Tomorrow, and then I ke- I try to keep up with Flash and Supergirl because because to me they're the top tier. Like yeah, those two shows are p- the same really. Like oh, yeah, yeah. it's it's uh they're just they're really special shows. I think like they're just really good. I, I seriously um, uh, adore Supergirl. I didn't think it was going to be for me at first because mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just the, the trailers didn't sell me on it. The look of the show didn't sell me on it. I thought they were trying to capitalize on a market that just definitely didn't include me. And mm-hmm. I should have known better because I love this stuff, you know, and I, I don't know yeah. why I didn't think it at first. So I was also late to Supergirl. You know, it must have had like two seasons or already passed and completed before I tuned in. And oh, my wow. friend, my friend's like, you know, stop being a bonehead. Watch this show. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Sam. All right. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> but you, I love were it. you already watching Flash at the time? Oh yeah, yeah, I love Flash. Yeah, I mean, to me, the selling point on, on if you're a fan of the Flash, you're you're instantly a fan of Supergirl. Um, it, I, the, Supergirl season one, it, it takes a few episodes. It takes, it, it, I want to say, three to four episodes for it to really find its footing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then from there, I, I want to say season two is where it really starts because now it's in the CW, it's it's right. in Vancouver. It really starts to feel a lot like the Flash, and and um, I don't, I assume they still follow it after Kreisberg's left, but or Kreisberg. Um, but the the way the Flash was made was we got to follow the three H's: uh, heart, heroism, and humor. Were the three H's that they had to follow? You had to have. Uh, not necessarily equal parts. You had to have all three parts represented and, and kind of sometimes one of them, sometimes heart would be the biggest one that you, you show in that episode. Sometimes it would be humor. Sometimes it'd be heroics, but right. all three had to be present in the, in the episode. And I feel like Supergirl does that. They do this right. a similar approach where they have all three of those aspects in their show. And cause, cause arrow, I want to say season six. So the season that just passed of arrow <laughs> was the first season that I teared up during Arrow. Um, And and I, it was uh, everything between Oliver and, um, and uh, uh, no, not Felicity. Um, There was, there may have been some moments that were kind of like, at least like melted my heart, but uh, Laurel's dad, uh, Captain Lance, Quentin. Right. There is there, especially at like the end of the season. Um, I'm not going to spoil like because you can catch up on uh, Netflix now uh, okay. before it starts. But uh, so I won't spoil anything for anyone that needs to catch up. But um, there's there's a scene between those two uh, several times. I think near the like this like the back half of the season. That's just it, it, it like made me tear up a few times. Um, but that happens since season one in the flash and at least in season two of Supergirl, if not season one, oh, yeah. just tomorrow is just more of a fun ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's, it's definitely like, just, you know, like big flashy colors, big set pieces and, you know, uh, a lot of elbow ribbing, <laughs> which is fun. You yeah. know, it definitely is fun. But uh, like you said, the flash and Supergirl, they really hit you in the feels. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's, and I want to say Flash does it more. Um, yeah. Though, though Supergirl has, I want to say like uh, whatever. I guess season three, Supergirl just passed. Like that, that season had a lot of feels in it, um, oh. especially with uh, not, ne- not necessarily with Kara or Kara, but with um, with Alex. There was a lot of like feels with Alex, with with um, with uh, Jean and, and his his dad. Like, have you finished the seasons of Flash and Supergirl? I have. Yes. Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, the the just everything that that went on with with Jean and his dad, and 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 especially in that like last episode or two. Oh yeah, like that stuff, and and uh, and Alex, her arc like was real strong. It's it, it, I don't yeah. know, they're doing something right over there. Oh, definitely, and you know, it's it's become like a household event here, honestly, because uh, I, I live with my dad and my two brothers, and uh, uh, our mom just passed away last December. So, oh my god, I'm so sorry, dude. I, I, yeah, it. Thank you, I appreciate that, but um you know, she, she led a really good life and everything, but like watch sitting down with my dad and watching uh Supergirl, you know, like fairly religious, all that stuff where Jean uh, was taking care of his dad. It just, mm-hmm. it, it, it hit home for us. And like, yeah, there was not a dry eye in the room. And uh, that's when, you know, you've, you've got a show that like it's, it's of a quality, you know, where the yeah. characters can emote and the writing is on point and it makes you feel real things, you know? I I think it's amazing that you sit down with uh, your family early. Is it you and your dad, or you, your dad, and your brother sibling? Uh, yeah, like we have. Uh, I have two uh, little little brothers, and they're brats. Okay, but, uh, we love them. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, so you guys sit down as a family around to, to watch these shows on a weekly basis. Yeah. Definitely. Oh my god, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> hey. Hey, how often does that happen in in 2018 in in the day the the age of on demand watching? Oh, I, I, it's got to be rare. I have no idea. And B, just in 2018, like where where it kind of feels like families aren't doing things together often anymore. That's that that's amazing. Like that 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 melts my heart hearing that you you sit down with with your family to watch. Uh, what is essentially soap operas for geeks? But yeah, they they're they're into comic books too, because you know my dad and I are. Uh, I, I'm waiting for. I have I have two young kids, and and I'm waiting for my son's uh, six and a half. I'm waiting for him. He's getting there. He's almost there. Where he'll he'll he's willing <laughs> to sit down and watch TV with me every week, and and um, I can't wait till we're watching uh the Batman or Batwoman TV show together or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be good. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I want let's touch on Batwoman real quick, and then we'll go back to you and your art. Um, okay. Batwoman, uh, it, it, I, a, I think is like is gonna be great because a, Berlanti hasn't had a fail yet. I think with with uh, with TV at least, and right. um, and here's here's a wild uh, thing that I'm throwing out there. I kind of t- I tweeted about it the other day. Kevin Smith, uh, I'm assuming you're a fan of Kevin Smith or you're a fan of all this other crap. Uh, I'm a fan of him being a fan of uh, his <laughs> movies. It's okay. But I, I would love to sit down with him and just talk about comic books. Yeah. I think he'd be s- such a cool guy to hang out with, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like that's I've I've emailed his people several times to try to sit down and talk with him about <laughs> whatever. Um, but 
uh, I'm an uber fan of Kevin Smith, but I grew up, I think, in an age where like I, I discovered him early enough to uh, appreciate like his good work and what, what I consider his good work. And then like because of that, even the work he puts out today, like I can find the good in it. Like, and I really enjoy it. Um, but anyway, he, he sat down on one of his podcasts recently and, and talked about a project that he can't talk about, but it's a big project and people from uh, Canada came down to talk to him about it. I'm throwing mm-hmm. this out there. What if he's the showrunner for Batwoman? Oh, wow. That would, that would certainly be interesting. Now, I, I, um, thi- I, I think, I think that they're probably not like, the only thing that stops me from thinking that is with something like Batwoman, who who is a a, uh, a lesbian character. They're probably gonna and a woman, obviously. Um, they're probably gonna at least have a, a woman showrunner, I think, behind it because that that just makes sense in 2018. Um, but but you know, with like all these, like the Supergirl, especially Supergirl, they adapted so many Superman stories to to work with her character that they're gonna do the same thing with Batwoman. They're gonna adapt Batman characters. So like, oh yeah, who better than than Kevin Smith to adapt Batman storylines? Like the only one better would be Scott Snyder. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I definitely. Now that you say it, like, I was like, oh yeah, shit, yeah. You know, Kevin Smith has like done a ton of comic books, and I've read a bunch of them. Like, my dad's a huge fan of his Green Hornet run, so mm. I, I was just thinking about that. I was like, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, and even if he's not the showrunner. I, I I definitely believe they would have him direct at least yeah. a few episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if, he, a... if he's if he's not the guiding vision behind the whole thing, he's at least going to direct several episodes. There, he's the guy that, that that you bring in for an episode or two tops in Flash and Supergirl, but for Batwoman, yeah. it's like, oh, well, let's bring him. See, but here's the thing: like, I see also, I also see a world where they make the Batwoman set very, very like. Uh, uh, like the set that we're going to have be all about women and, and queer culture, which I think is great. Like they absolutely should, like it yeah. should be a diverse set, no matter, even if it's, even if it's not that woman, like you should have diversity right. everywhere, but in a world where like that's, they, they kind of use shows now, like to kind of like, Oh, this show is like, what's, what's the, um, what is the show that did <clears throat> that did that recently where, it's a geeky show that they, they it's it's all women. Maybe it was Jessica Jones season two. It was all women directors, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's it, yeah, you kind of have those baby steps of like, well, we have to use a show that has a woman lead to kind of spearhead it before it becomes normal. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, I I think in in some ways it's it's been. Uh, it's it's been behind that sort of notion of you know diversity and representation has been behind a lot of the best blockbusters on the small screen and the big screen in ways that most people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like from from Mad Max Fury Road, director George Miller insisted that his wife actually edit the movie, and when she asked him why, he said because if a guy did it, it looked like every other action movie. Oh, you know? that's genius! Like, like, yeah, and then. Um, Point Break, which is like considered one of the quintessential, you know, like macho surf bro movies of all time, was directed by Catherine Bigelow, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, she she's the fantastic director. And most people kind of just know her as uh, James Cameron's wife. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, like she she did uh, the, the Hurt Locker and uh, 
like so many movies that I just yeah. I absolutely adore. And so I think people in in the toxic side of fan culture who don't get it, they mm-hmm. don't realize they've probably been celebrating a lot of this work in the first place. Yeah. That you know it's completely done by uh by, by people and and people supporting them and you know progressive minds you know what i mean yeah, yeah so i'm all for uh batwoman and i think it's gonna be great and i can't i can't wait to watch that alongside uh all the other cw shows yeah that, and, and that one i'm super excited for just, just uh the the diversity aspects of it aside like it's finally introducing the bat family into yeah. and and it's, I feel like at least on uh, because we are dealing with a multiverse and I, I still can't believe they haven't collapsed that yet, but good on them for keeping it up. Yeah. Um, but, but on uh, what's it? Earth 38, 48, the Supergirl's earth. Uh, <laughs> Batman exists. Like she's, she's talked about, yeah, my cousins worked with people in masks and it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> so like Batman exists and, and I, you, I have to assume Batwoman is going to probably come out of earth. 38 or whatever Supergirl's Earth is. Um, because we we know that the Batman mythos exists there. So uh but I'm I'm excited for it because because what Supergirl I think what's great about that is even though that Superman exists in that world, we've seen Superman in that world, they've they've taken Superman's storylines and adapted it for Supergirl. So we're gonna right. see some Batman storylines in oh, for sure. Batwoman, and yeah. and I don't know. It, it, a, it blows my mind that we don't have Batman. This is just one step closer. Like we're going to see within the next. Let's see, it's 2018. Uh, so really, Batwoman will start 2019. I say by 2021 is at the latest that we'll see Batman in a in a Arrowverse slash Berlantiverse, whatever you want to call it. CW show. We'll see Batman appear just like he won't have his own show, but he'll appear the way Superman appears in Supergirl. Well, I sure hope so. Currently, Batman, his TV rights are owned by Fox. That's why Gotham is on Fox. Uh, but they're, they're not allowed to show Batman because right now he's being used by Warner Brothers in the DCEU. Okay, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just blew my mind here. <laughs> so, yeah. so I knew that like Batman by character a lot of these characters are off limits because of the movie universe that's i think a known fact right but batman the character as a tv show is owned by fox so that means that that he'll like technically the batman character can't show up on batwoman yeah because if you go back you look the original tv show with adam west and, and burt ward that was produced by fox television uh, all the way back then, and uh, the movie that they came out with, the, tele- the, the movie rights were snapped yeah. up by 20th Century Fox, which, wow. which is why uh, the Adam West movies never included in any of the, the Batman bundles that you oh, can wow. buy at the store because yeah. it's still uh, published by Fox. Like, if you go and buy a Blu ray, it'll say 20th Century Fox on it, whereas so, all the other <laughs> Batman movies are Warner Brothers. So, so technically. Disney is going to own some sort of version of Batman. It might not be, it might be the 66 Batman or some, some version yeah. of it, but technically he's Disney is going to own some, some piece of Batman. 
Yeah, the the rights at this point are, are leaning more towards the possibility for Disney to stick Batman on Agents of Shield before <laughs> Batwoman. <laughs> oh, but you know, when do you think? Because uh, obviously, like we're in a world now where within the next probably five to ten years, like the so so the big thing for the ten year anniversary of Marvel is Infinity War, right? Like, right, and, yeah. and bring all the heroes together to to stop Thanos. So I, now that the Fox merger is going to happen, the next big thing is building up to in so twenty twenty eighteen with ten years. So twenty twenty eight is going to be Avengers versus X Men. You have to assume. How long, okay. how long is it until it's it's Avengers versus Justice League? Even if if Disney doesn't own WB or oh, whoever man. by then. Uh, see, here's the thing. I think a lot of what we consider to be the Avengers today is not going to be the Avengers in 10, 15 years, because I I think uh, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. are going to be done with the roles far before then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well wants to be doing this by the time he's 40 having said that you know i think we're definitely going to have like a a, a second avengers team so conceivably sure. by like 2030 i mean i know that's like a long ways off but i'd say in the next 20 years it's probably going to happen well you know, i'd say i would say within the next 10 years 2028 the 10 so the 20 year anniversary of the mcu uh even if it's Captain America not played by Chris Evans, there's no way that you don't get Steve Rogers. There's no way you don't get Tony Stark again in the future. Like we know as people, like as fans of this stuff and, and as an adults, we know that these characters or the actors, at least this is probably their last rodeo. Avengers four is going to be their last rodeo playing these characters. Oh yeah. yeah. But, but in 2028 by then, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a new guy playing Steve Rogers. And honestly, I would, hope, I would hope it take longer than that, but you know, there's a good possibility. What I definitely hope happens. I hope that they find a way to write them out of, out of the, like Steve Rogers retires. So like there's a, an official in canon reason for, you know, Chris Evans to step away from the role while also not ceding it to anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. So then if they were to ever do like an Avengers, Justice League, like I can imagine the Comic Con footage already. Like you see Clark and Bruce, and then it gets really dark, and you you hear familiar voices, and it's like Tony Stark, you know, and then he says, "Cap, you know, we need you." And then they just show like a clip of Chris Evans, and everybody just goes like absolutely wild, and he's back as Captain America, you know. Well, and and so I I still whether it's I and it will be an Avengers team, whether it's the um the characters we know today played by the actors we know today or at least the characters we know today played by other one else or more than likely i think that i think by 2028 they're still going to kind of if there's going to captain america that's steve rogers it's going to be chris evans somehow they'll bring chris Chris evans back within the next 10 years um if they had to uh 2028 i think we're going to get avengers versus x-men and then, okay. and then, but like at some point, I just feel like, and it has to be when like Marvel is completely tapped. And I mean, DC is probably already like, they seemed like they're maybe already <laughs> tapped, but when they're desperate enough to say, let's do it. Like, I don't, did you ever read the amalgam comic books? Oh, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, 
No, I have them behind me somewhere right now. Um, and I, it's, I, they got water damaged. I'm so mad. I have the, I have the, like the trade paperbacks of them and they got water damaged and I've looked online and you can only find them on eBay for like hundred, like for like a hundred dollars. Oh, uh, hold, hold, hold the phone. You can go on my, uh, I don't mean to plug a, like a website. Like I'm not plugging a website, but there's mycomicshop.com has the amalgam comics on there. Like you can buy them in singles. I don't know about trades, but you can buy them in singles. Yeah, like I kid you not, they're like a few dollars for each issue. Oh my god, I'm there. Yeah. I, what, <laughs> what? Say that. Say that website one more time. Mycomicshop.com. Not a sponsor of the show, but definitely getting all my money. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were some of my favorite comics to read when I I got them. I I read comics briefly, like for a couple of years as a kid, and like mainly your mainstream, like Spider Man, X Men. I was yeah. I, I wasn't a DC kid, but that wasn't because of anything other than the fact that like the comic books I don't think like drew my attention, like they weren't bright like the Spider Man and X Men were, because I was more of a Batman the animated series fan than I was anything else okay, when it came to yeah. TV. But um, uh, it was it wasn't until uh like I was 21, 22 years old I started reading like The Walking Dead and Marvel Civil War and whatnot. And then and I started reading a lot of comic books then, and that's when I read the Amalgam series and stuff. And then it wasn't until the new fifty-two and Scott Snyder that I started reading DC comics. And then I really kicked into gear the last like year and a half reading comic books for DC to to review them and stuff. And nice. um and uh but yeah, amalgam, so Amalgam, I like, that's like, a like you could do that and fans would love it. But I think that's like the end point, like when both studios are like, what, or when Disney owns everything, uh, whatever happens first is when you get X-Men or Marvel versus DC, Avengers versus yeah. Justice League. But at that point, like that me like if, if Avengers versus X-Men is 2028, I don't think you get... I think at least me, I think I'm dead before you see Avengers versus <laughs> Justice League. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, and it's funny because my friend and I, my friend Will and I, um, I'm dropping names left and right. Show. My friend Will and I, <laughs> after Winter Soldier, we were tossing around the idea of like, okay, well, how would the X-Men enter the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh my God. And we, we were talking about the fact that after Winter Soldier, uh, since S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, maybe they were hiding the existence of mutants. Oh, that's good. Yes, yeah, since good. S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, um, uh, mutants have started to surface. People are wondering what the hell. And uh, Magneto is like this revolutionary. So we were making uh, comparisons to the Brotherhood of Mutants as extremists, like a jihad. And mm-hmm. then the mutants were like the the, the normal you know, everyday American Muslim community. They were like anybody mm. who would be targeted, like, you know, that, that sort of minority. And yeah, we were definitely drawing those comparisons and we wrote a whole screenplay. Oh, wow. Like, by the time it was done, we, uh, the, the Marvel cinematic universe had like moved on and sort of like left us in the past, yeah, but yeah. we, we, we adapted it to just sort of be its own thing, but it is, like an X-Men fans, like absolute wish fulfillment, like yeah. for like everybody I've ever handed it to and say, Hey, you should read this. I'm like, yeah, this is really good X-Men, you know? And uh, I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> I'd love you to certainly this. need to send that to me so I can read it. Oh, definitely. Uh, but the, so, uh, 
two things when it comes to the X-Men and Fox coming to, to Marvel now, because it's, it's definitely happening. Like, and I guess there's still a possibility that like the FCC or somebody can kibosh it, but that seems unlikely at this point. Um, I, I personally think that it's going to be a new, like a a reboot of the X-Men franchise. Um, I think I, but I think everyone would want, at least Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine and, and go off against Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Right. Like, uh, see, I, I was, I was in the mind that Carl Urban should have been Wolverine oh. in the MCU, which oh, they can't oh. do now though. Cause he was in Thor Ragnarok. So yeah, at this point, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm open to anything. Like if he wants to come back, well, I'm down for that. I think realistically, see, it's 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 a weird position that you're in as as Disney or or Marvel Studios or whatever because like, all right, like the the, the right way to do this is to to reboot it and and bring the right. X Men in that way. But like the cash grab you could get by having the X Men from from 2000 or, or what? Yeah, I think that was when the first movie. It was either 99 or 2000 when the first movie came out. To have to have you know, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart and Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman and, and, uh, all, all the original X-Men come back in some capacity would be uh-huh. such a cash grab and, and you would make tons of dough doing it and, and whatnot. Um, but it, so I, it's a weird line that they have to dance for this. And I, and I ultimately think they're going to lean towards reboot. And in that sense of the world, where they're going to reboot it. We, so, so I ran a, um, at wizard world this past year and at, uh, the great Philadelphia comic con in greeter Oaks, we ran a, uh, a 10 year Marvel MCU, uh, panel. And, uh, we, we were, we talked about, and we were, we were asked, uh, from the crowd, like what we would do with, with the mutants and, and X-Men and, and bringing them over to, to the Marvel. And we kind of, as a group conferred on like, you kind of do a reverse uh, House of M with with yeah. uh, with Scarlet Witch, and oh, yeah. and that's she's perfect. yeah. It, it, instead of being the reason that she that there's no more mutants, she's the reason that there are mutants, and yeah. and that's how you get all these people with extraordinary powers and what and whatnot. Um, and and I and I almost assume because there are people like Scarlet which who they haven't called a uh, inhuman, mm-hmm. but they haven't called a mutant either. She just has powers. So, right. so in that world where she's the only one I think you can use to like, maybe explain what a mutant is at this point in the MCU world, at least. Right. Well, I was, I was kind of hoping that, um, after a certain point when Marvel gets onto their next phase, which obviously is probably coming pretty soon after the next Avengers movie, um, the Scarlet Witch would, uh, in an attempt to fix everything that Thanos has done, maybe using the, the reality stone or whatever, uh, she would maybe, uh, shatter the, the reality as we know it, or she would replace it with another earth. Cause I mean, obviously there's other Earths out there in the, this yeah. multiverse theory. I mean, the the they're doing it on TV with yeah, the Berlantiverse, so to speak, the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. So imagine all these characters that know nothing about this world so far find themselves in a, in a reality where mutants exist, have existed, and then you you it's a it's carte blanche for things like the Fantastic Four, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, and you could you could break all that down in 
an Avengers movie. You yeah. know, and I think I think you have to explain what mutants are if you do it like that because people already know about the X Men. You know? True, 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 true. It'd be such an easy in. There are a lot of I think avenues that they can do they can go to to do this. Um and I, my, personally, I want it to be however you incorporate Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> James Mar- uh, James Marston, Marston, yes, um, yes. and like all those characters that that we we know, and and even if you have to like intermingle some of the, like the, the first class generation of X Men, um, whatever you need to do to to kind of get everyone from that that the Fox universe in, like I'd be down for like it's because because that's I can't like X Men. Uh, Batman 89 was obviously huge f- for comic book movies, but I was five years old at that point. Okay. So the first superhero movie really to have an impression on me was X-Men. So like as exciting as Avengers was, uh, Days of Future Past was way more exciting for me because it was the new generation of X-Men, James McAvoy and all that, uh-huh. and the old school with with blending the two casts together from past and future and that like i that was it blew my mind like that they were doing that because because it was just that that hit me and all the feels that i needed to to have um but uh yeah there's so much that they can do uh when it comes to this merger and whatnot and and that was another thing that we we kind of pitched was like having the multiverse collapse on itself. And, and that's how you bring them in. We, we, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was at the panel or if it was in a round table discussion or something that, that I ha- I was part of, but we, we also talked about like, imagine the, the snap, right? Like we, we, and this was before infinity war came out. So I'm going to explain this in a, in a world where infinity war has already happened, but what we kind of envisioned was the snap happened. Maybe we get all the other garbage that happens, but the post credits scene would have been instead of what we got, like like a like a New York City skyline, and instead of seeing the Avengers A Tower, we would have seen the Baxter Building with the with the Fantastic yes. Four logo, and and the cut to credits, and then it wouldn't be until presumably either nine Captain Marvel, maybe it would be explained there, but probably in Avengers Four, like oh my god. Fantastic Four here now because of the finger snap. So that was like something that we posed as well. That's really interesting. I like that actually. And uh, uh, speaking of iconic buildings like that, uh, I was, I just beat the new Spider-Man game. Uh, oh, wow. Like probably an hour ago. <laughs> well, the story uh, mode, at least, you know, there's so much other stuff to do. Uh, swinging through the New York city. i found uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Oh, wow. uh, I found alias investigations. Nice. Nice. I, there's so many little Easter eggs in there, and I'd love to see that definitely completely translate to the big screen with stuff mm-hmm. like the Baxter Building and whatnot. Uh, I d- so so uh, a that Spider-Man game is the reason I want a PS4 because uh, I'm a, I'm an, I have an Xbox One, and I'm like, you're kidding me! Like the reason I got the <laughs> Xbox One is because like all the good games were on both platforms, and so I got mm-hmm. the Xbox One. So like. I'm so tempted to get a PS4 very soon so I can play that Spider-Man game. But um, I, my like if Avengers 4 like kind of wish list uh, doesn't necessarily include the Fox movie verse because realistically, like that merger is not going to be completed until 
when Spider-Man 2 is coming out. So so the chances of us getting any kind of hint at Fantastic Four or the X-Men and Avengers 4 is is pretty slim due to legality yeah. things. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so I'm looking at it like, okay, here's what I want from Avengers. I want to see Phil Coulson at some point in in uh in avengers 4 now mind you i don't know i haven't kept up with uh agents of shield so i don't know where he's at in there but i also want to see like the defenders like there's no reason that i don't see the defenders the punisher and whatnot like the netflix marvel verse i want to see them represented even if it's an easter egg like you saw like you said like uh, alias investigations a picture of matt murdoch being lost or something you know (laughs) um that's my Avengers four wish list. Is like just acknowledge everything in the MCU, including your TV shows. I think Daredevil. I think it's a mistake not to have Daredevil at, at the very least in Avengers four. Like that's a mistake yeah, to agree. me. Um, that's one of the things I think is going to happen. Actually, I think uh, since Fury's gone. Oh shit! Sorry to uh, anybody who has. Spoiler. Alert. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Uh, I definitely think uh, Carol Danvers is going to put together an Avengers team uh, out of everybody that's left. And I'm almost certain that at least either Daredevil or Luke Cage is going to be on it. But I hope both of them and uh, Iron Fist are on it. Jessica Jones, I don't know that she'd be down to do it, but I could easily see her participating (laughs) in some fashion. Uh, If if she's not, you know, God, like we don't we don't know yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm excited for Avengers four because it, it's while like I kind like I think everyone kind of knows the direction that that's going at this point. Mm-hmm. As far as like obviously the heroes that are left are going to fix everything, and the heroes that are left are also the heroes that started it all. Some of them are going away, so uh, I think there's like we know the basic beats of, of what Avengers Four is, but I'm still excited to see how it all comes together and, and ends. And you know, it's it's going to be eleven years by the time Avengers Four hits, it will be almost eleven years to the date that the MCU has existed. So it's it's going to be like a like a nice little bookend, a nice little you know closing of the chapter or closing of the whole book and starting a new book or something like that. So. Uh, and I, and like, I'm already planning, uh, you know, my con scene, my con panel submissions and stuff and like kind of planning what we're going to talk about since con season starts right around, at least in Philly, it starts right around when, when Avengers four comes out. So, um, I'm, it's, it's, it's another reason to live, I guess, (laughs) you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Okay. So, uh, we, we've been at it for probably around an hour, a little over an hour at this point. Uh, before I let you go, uh, let's actually talk about you and your art. What got you into art? You know, what, what, where's your origin point when it comes to you being an artist? Uh, definitely. Well, well, first of all, I was a very artistic person and my dad was too. Um, more so my mom, but my dad loved comic books and that's sort of where his artistic, you know, sensibilities stemmed from. And uh, that's kind of where mine stemmed from too, you know. My mom taught me art as, as much as she could, you know. And uh, my dad taught me comic books. And it was just like this perfect nexus of, you know, genes uh, and, uh, and uh, interests. And I, I have pictures, well, I used to from when I was like a kid, you know, five years old, you know, drawing Cyclops and whatever. So, like, I've always been drawing constantly, you know. 
that's and and again i don't know is it, it did it, i think it was your pinned tweet the other day i don't know if it still is that that sh- uh the sam captain marvel is uh-huh. that still a pinned tweet or was it ever uh, I, I don't think so i i have a keanu uh, reeves thing <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. I don't know why I thought it was pins. Maybe it's because I just looked at it a lot. Uh, but I mean, well, I guess uh, you have a DVNR. What's your What's your DVNR page? Night Owl ninety four. So definitely go there. You can see this is the Captain Marvel piece and Shazam piece that we've talked about several times tonight. Um, I think it's like that's wonderful. The whole gallery is wonderful um, that that you have up there, uh, but. It, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the like the unity that 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 Shazam piece represents. Uh, like it's that's one that like I need to talk to you about getting a print of because I want to hang once <laughs> once my studio's done. I want to have that hanging. And I'm not like I'm not a big Shazam fan. I'm not a big Captain Marvel fan. But that united like that unity that that picture represents. Uh, I know. I love it. I love the meaning that that picture represents. And. Uh, I definitely want to print hanging up in my in my studio once I have it complete. But oh, sure. um yeah, like the the uh I, I don't I don't know how to explain it, it it's very comic book friendly. At least I, at least like that piece and some of the other like comic book pieces that you did is very I don't know why you're not like do you, just <laughs> have you like drawn comic books like your own creator own stuff? Uh I'm I'm more of a writer. See, I'm I'm a perfectionist and uh, it takes me a long time to do some of this stuff. Okay. So doing panel work is always very overwhelming to me. Not that I haven't tried, but I would love to do covers, uh variant covers even. Oh, okay. You know, okay. I'd love to do that. Um but yeah, as as far as that picture, one of the things that always struck me was uh I love it when superheroes are shown doing normal crap, you know? Yes, just yes. You know, just like eating, going to McDonald's, like that image from Iron Man Two where he's just sitting eating donuts is iconic, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah. like every time that you see Spider Man just sitting around eating a bagel or, or drinking a cup of coffee, it, it gives them humanizes them. And I thought, what what's more humorous than sitting down and telling stories to people on Twitter? I was like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So if uh, if Captain Marvel and Shazam sat down to uh, break bread, I can definitely imagine them, you know, laughing about how crazy people get on the internet. It's like yeah. you hear this one guy say, you know, your your name is shouldn't be Captain Marvel. They just laugh, you know, like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like what even. And it's funny because as you said, like you love superheroes doing everyday things. Like the first one that popped in my head is Spider-Man. Like he's, he's the guy that you think of or, or the, or the kid or whatever that, that is your, he's just your everyday person. Like, I don't think there's another hero that represents that more. No, there really isn't. Cause like um, even, what, even in homecoming, he's like, Oh, you know, Hey, happy. This lady, she gave me a sandwich. It was really good. You know? <laughs> just like like around the neighborhood you know he knows the guy at the bodega it's pretty awesome yeah yeah uh it is it's that is i think like low-key i guess my favorite thing about like seeing that those pictures because i like i think that's part of that picture you drew is like that what drew me to it is like it's it's just them not being heroes sitting around talking and and like the i mean i'm a kevin smith fan so i love 
people sitting around talking like that's <laughs> like whether it's Kevin Smith himself or the characters in his movies like that's that's all Clerks is is people sitting around talking and I have a yeah. the reason I, I do a show where it involves me sitting around to talk about the things I like to talk about is because of Kevin Smith and and so that, that's probably a low-key favorite thing of mine and probably what draws me to that, that picture you drew um and and made me want to sit down and talk with you because uh Hey, you get you get fandom. I think like you 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 are on the right side of history when it comes to fandom. Thank you. And um, you know, I just knew that we would have a good conversation about comic book stuff. Yeah. Uh, and normally, I, we would have dived deeper, I think, into your art. But uh, I uh, we went on a lot of good tangents about uh, comic books and, and fandom and stuff. Yeah, so. Uh, before I let you go, uh, let people know where they can find you on the internet, uh, where they can look you up to to hire you for artwork and stuff. Okay, uh, on Twitter I am uh, Joe the Night Owl N I T E, um, and on on Facebook it's Joseph Sheldall, um, DeviantArt Night Owl ninety four. I don't know, still working on a brand to sort of bring everything together, <laughs> but uh, those are my handles so far. Yeah, and we'll have all we'll have links in the, in the show notes and, and whatnot about that. Uh, and take a look at the DVNR so you can get a good look at Joe's uh, gallery of and, and, and portfolio of work. It's top notch. I really I really enjoy it. Like I, I said it on Twitter. Like that picture. Like I have a, a new podcast project that I'm I, I'm working on that I I, I I'm definitely going to come to you and and because i've never had an artist draw my artwork for a podcast album art before but this i'm finally doing something that's like i need custom art so like you're you're my you that picture sold me the shazam captain marvel picture sold me so i'll be in touch about that as well uh and check it out guys like you will not be disappointed and and um yeah that's all i got like thank you joe for doing this it was a pleasure to talk to you thank you and uh you know i'd be happy to come back on and you know talk like i love doing this oh. stuff so hey, yeah guys. yeah we will definitely have you back on to talk <laughs> about whatever the night like at least it, you know uh when the avengers 4 comes out we'll have to have you back on and and, and talk what happened uh, and you need to send me that that's that, that uh, <laughs> screenplay you wrote about the the avengers and x-men coming together or, or battling it out or however you brought them in i need to read that <laughs> okay sounds good all right big thanks to joe for being on this episode of everything is awesome um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, it was this is the power of the internet um, at its finest. Uh, social media, which can be a toxic, toxic place, linked us together because someone that I follow on Twitter liked uh, a a neat little piece of artwork that Joe made uh, that featured the Captain Marvel of the Marvel Universe and the Captain Marvel of the DC Universe. Just being buddies and and sitting around and and not understanding why fandoms have to fight um and and they shouldn't we shouldn't be fighting as, as fandoms so thank you to joe for coming on and talking about his art and just having a great conversation with me i always love having conversations that are very pop culture oriented and uh this was very much that uh as i said at the top of the show please 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 check out the 2019 everything is awesome headstrong comedy festival that's right Four venues, uh, Tattooed Mom, Thirsty Dice, South Street Cinema, and Milk Boy on South Street. Three of those four venues are on South Street in Philadelphia, PA. Thirsty Dice is on 17th and Fairmont. We have 24 podcasts getting together and over 20 comedians and improvisers. 
just sharing their craft to help raise money for the Headstrong Foundation. This organization does a lot of great work. They offer emotional support. They offer financial support and residential support for families who are affected by cancer. They work with the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, so, you know, no matter where you're from, there's a good chance that you might come to UPenn to get treatment because they are in a teaching school and they offer some unique treatments that other places cannot offer. And if you qualify and you, you, you and your family have to come out to the UPenn for treatment, organizations like Headstrong assist those families in being uh, making sure that they can get the support that they need. So please, please, please come out and support the festival by uh, showing up and uh, enjoying a show and maybe making a donation. If you can't make it to the city of Philadelphia on January 27th, you can also go to bit.ly slash headstrongfest. That's bit.ly slash headstrongfest where you can donate today. We're at 45% of our goal right now. Uh, I would love to hit 50% by the 16th. I would love to hit 100% before January 27th because that means we're in an awesome position to give even more to the Headstrong Foundation. Uh, speaking of that comedy festival, Everything is Awesome is going to be performing live there. I don't know what gave it away. Was it the fact that we're in the title of the whole festival? I don't know. But we will be performing at 4 p.m. on South Street at Tattooed Moms uh, as part of the Headstrong Comedy Festival. Uh, the Everything is Awesome Headstrong Comedy Festival. It's going to be a great show um, from 4 to 5 p.m. We have uh, Abby Rosenquist. Uh, is going to be uh, one of our guests for the show. We're booking our second or other guest right now. Uh, Mike will be there to co-host. We're going to have some fun times. We're going to play some games. We're going to chat. We're going to have fun. Uh, A lot of great acts at Tattooed Mom. Um, That is a fine place to come and see some comedians and some podcasts. You can also walk over to South Street Cinema or you can walk over to Milk Boy South Street to catch some other shows. You can also take an Uber or Lyft or your own car down to Thirsty Dice on 17th and Fairmont and check some actual play role-playing games at their finest like Party of One. Pot of Love, Heart Points Pod, Refugees of Esmeralda, A Quest for Magic and Steel, and my buddy Brian Durkin doing Full Belly Laughs for the first time at uh, Thirsty Dice. So again, check out more information about the festival at festival.awesomepodcast.com. You can check out uh, the donation page, the fundraising page at bit.ly slash headstrongfest. It would mean a lot uh, if you could come out and support all these wonderful artists that are donating their time and uh, sharing their craft to help support the Headstrong Foundation. Um, But if you can't come out and make it and donate there, you can also donate online at bit.ly slash headstrongfest. We like to end everything is awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. It can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. We need to end this government shutdown. Um, It has passed uh, through the House to end as of the 3rd of January. But even though the House passed legislation to reopen the government on January 3rd, Mitch McConnell has refused to schedule a vote in the Senate and has instead moved on to other legislative agenda items. The Senate's first priority should be ending the government shutdown and no other legislative business should occur before the government is reopened. Uh, Having this shutdown over a $5 billion request for a wall, both those things are ludicrous. Uh, There's been a fair... Uh, uh, counter from the Democrats uh, offering $1.3 billion, which is a lot of money, to fund border fencing. 
um, having a wall is going to uh, simply make attempting uh, the bo- crossing the border uh, more deadly. Um, and and it's just a ludicrous thing to ask for uh, amongst all the other things that this administration has asked for. Um, this might be the most ludicrous. Uh, and without passing this spending bill, federal agencies have shut down. So that means there are employees, there are people who depend on paychecks working right now and not getting paid. Um, that means that there are people who are not even working because they, they're not getting paid. And that's affecting the safety of flights. There is a, a, a group of people who, after the individual um, flight uh, businesses do their inspections, there is a federal agency that checks the, their, for their safety checks, that often picks up things that are missed from, the, from U.S. Airways or from uh, Air Canada or whoever you're flying. And people are literally taking their life into their own hand, going on to planes and flying during this shutdown. So please, please, please um, reach out to your uh, representatives to help end this shutdown. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash that entertains. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word of mouth recommendations and five-star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on facebook.com and twitter at realawesomepod or at awesomepodcast on Instagram. And we're available on awesomepodcast.com and thatentertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, and also on my personal Twitter, at ThatNerdyKev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video, and live performances. You can find more info at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome! That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist-owned, fan-supported.